Hi, everybody, and welcome back to My Brother's an Idiot. It's a collection of morons known as the Goon Squad, and we talk about whatever the hell we want. And I don't know why you're even here, because we're idiots. So there you go. Let me introduce you to our panel, also, like I said, known as the Goon Squad. Let's start off with the voice of God, Dipshit Michaela. How are you? Good. How's it going? I'm doing pretty gosh darn neato. I've got my uh, Stoli and lime soda, and I think we're doing all right. All right. Nice. Uh, let's move on to the patriarch of the goon squad, Milty. How are you, sir? Um, me and my uh, Canadian whiskey are doing just perfectly fine. Outstanding. And finally, the uh, other half of the sandwich that is my brother, the idiot. My brother, the idiot. Hello, Mark. How are you? So the, are you the upside of the sandwich or the downside of the sandwich? Um, yeah, well, I'm definitely not that crappy piece of heel bread that's for sure okay fair enough i've got <laughs> bubbles on tap that's what i got and if uh, you are a canadian whiskey maker or a uh you know a, a good vodka maker or a wine maker or a beer maker that would like to kick us some dollars go ahead and mute out to us <laughs> and you right. can get to us and you can dm us at twitter and that handle is uh at the idiot goons thank you all right. You are welcome. Or you awesome. could reach us on Anchor uh, and find sponsorships that way. Goes, Goon! Goon! Outstanding. <laughs> All right. So we're going to start off first uh, on the Nerdverse. Uh, Michaela, I'm going to kick this one over to you. We had a little bit of a spirited discussion offline the other day about Captain Janeway and a Star Trek Voyager. And was she a good captain? Uh, Michaela, was Captain Janeway really a good Star Trek captain? I think considering her situation, she did okay. She had like the shit tier crew and then they got flung out into fuck off space and was like, oh yeah, sure. I'll figure this out, I guess. But boy, did she lack some critical thinking skills. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tuvix, yeah. tu Tuvix just told me that he doesn't want to die. Maybe I should um fucking murder him. <laughs> <laughs> Look, uh, it's a birdie! <laughs> <laughs> Hold this stick, and all will be over soon. Just look at the flowers. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. Um, yeah, that seems to be what everybody points at when they discuss Janeway. That, the 1,200 prime directive violations. Mark, I'm kicking it uh, over to you. Uh, what are your opinions on the matter? Oh, dude, I'm currently in the middle of season three, uh, re-watching it for the third time. It's just atrocious what she's doing to, like, just – the Federation in general. She is just not a good representation of Federation captains. Um, you're right, Michaela. She did have a rough crew. I mean, she her operations officer was on his very first mission, mission out of the Academy. Half of her crew hates the Federation because uh, they're all a McKee. And uh, yeah, the, the, it's, just, it's just not a really good. And, and her uh, main pilot wasn't even in Starfleet three years ago. He was in a penal colony. So not really a great start, but, you know, when you murder some lizard babies and murder a half Talaxian, half Vulcan and sell the Borg WMDs, <laughs> not really some good things going on here for you. Not really some good things going on for you. Plus, you're stealing tech from the future so that the doctor can walk around. I mean, you're not even supposed to have that technology, but boom, there he is walking around the ship. Just not Remember good when looks. She, she gives that technology to that weird war race. 
yeah. that like fights all the time and they make a slave race. Yeah, out of the holodeck. Kill. Yeah, out of the yeah. holodeck. And then they fucking make them all solid. And so they're like, great, thanks, Janeway. You fucking born us all to die. Yeah. <laughs> the holodeck characters are just getting killed like rampant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Milt, should I even bother? Kicking it back to Matt. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> Never seen it. Right. That's what I thought. Uh, the 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 really mind blowing part of the whole thing is then they turned around and made her an admiral. Like, yeah. how could you read those mission logs and promote oh. her? That's like what she needs to go back to Starfleet. That that was your class, right, right there. That's that's what you're going with is Janeway. I mean, she needs to go back to remedial captain school. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, that's all we're going to talk about. That I'm over it and done. Uh, let's get into some sports. Uh, some of the big news that happened um, over the past week or so. Uh, let's talk about. I'm going to get it wrong. Is it Medina Spirit or Medina Spirit? I think it's Medina Spirit. I think uh, it's the Medina. horse that. Yeah, the horse that won the Kentucky Derby. Uh, turns out that fucker was on the juice. Um, tested positive for a, uh, an inflammatory, kind of a horse steroid kind of a situation. Uh, and uh, the first excuse that came out was my all-time favorite excuse for any positive test ever. Uh, Mark, you seems like you have something you'd like to share. It's not the first time he's used this excuse. It's not the first time he's used the excuse. Right. The excuse was, so the groomer took some cough medicine and then decided while he was in the stable, he was going to take a a leak on some hay and the horse ate the hay. So then the horse popped positive. What? That's what you're going with? And then uh, come to find out the, the, the next story is that uh, they were using an antifungal ointment on the horse uh, uh, to try to help us a, a dermatitis, and that's what contained this banned substance. Um, whatever. Baffert's horses have been popped before. Horse racing is and always has been, and probably always will be rife with ways to get around it because let, let's multi-million dollars on these major races and these horses. You know, even if the horse places well in Preakness, let's just say, let's say it runs well, um, doesn't have to win. That horse is going to make someone millions and millions of dollars just to prance around a, a paddock and screw other horses. Um, and that's really where all that money is. So whatever. He, he cheated. He got caught. Uh, the horse is now going to go to the Preakness. There's going to be some advanced or some additional testing uh, to make sure that uh, everything's on the up and up. We'll see how that all goes. And who knows? Uh, Michaela, do you have anything you'd like to share? Yeah. Um. How many times can one dude get dinged for stare like abusive PEDs before he just gets fucking DQ'd? The biggest like... the biggest problem is is every single state. And really, every single racetrack has their own jurisdiction. So it's almost like boxing, where there's a commission in every state. Um, so there's no real limit on how many times he can get dinged. But each individual park can ban him, for example. Like, he may never be able to go back to Churchill Downs. Um, he's, he's currently under some kind of no-no zone there. Um, but, you know, he can go back to California just fine and kill plenty of horses because that's what they do in Cali. It's just make them all dead. Uh, but he, in every other state, it's completely different. So it's, it's not just, it's a state by state case, I guess is what I'm saying. 
Yeah, it's not like the NFL where you you know your third time you're out for a year, right? It's there's no cohesive uh, organization that runs all of it. It's just like Mark said, state by state, track by track, even county by county in a lot of places. So. Yeah, good times. I'm glad we didn't put a bet on it because that would have sucked. Uh, Milty, I'm going to kick uh, it over to you, sir. Now you've, I'm sure, have something to share being our uh, resident gambling expert. I don't know about the gambling expert part of it, but speak for yourself about not having a bet on the race. I had a win place <laughs> show on Hot Rod Charlie. Ended up taking third, right? So... We got a juiced up horse taken first in a race at a mile and a quarter that it's never run before and did not let a horse get around him. So what what happens to me when the race is declared official? It means the betters have no recourse, right? It's done. So even if that horse is DQ'd, my horse that took third technically takes second. Now I'm screwed out of a second place finish. So I got $5 and change for my third place finish. It would have been easily three times that. So now if you're, if and by the way, that's a law. You cannot challenge that in court. It's, it's already been challenged over the years. Uh, it's lost in California, it's lost in other states. You can no longer come back at the track or or the horse, or the, or whatever. There's no way you can come back at that. So, you know, the, the question is, did Baffert cheat? Why doesn't he have to pay something? Doesn't he have to pay the losers? Doesn't he have to lose something? Uh, something doesn't seem right here. When you're watching TV in any sporting event anymore, it's all about Every other commercial seems to be about betting on something, right? Gambling, sports gambling, something else. Every other commercial is that way. All I have to do is say one more thing. Pete Rose, hold your head up. There's still a chance. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah, there is. And uh, we'll see if anything ever changes. So I think that's all we're going to talk about that. Uh, let's move on. Uh, news in the NFL this week. Um the story that seemingly will never die. Uh, Tim Tebow is making his return to the NFL and has signed a contract. Oh, 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 oh. Tebow! <laughs> Go on. I, I had to. Uh, I had to. Yeah, I, I know. I, I had to. Yeah, I had to. Uh, so T Timmy's making the switch that everyone thought he should have made eight years ago uh, to uh, tight end um, and, and is trying to play with his old college coach, um, uh, Urban Myers in, um, in Jacksonville. So uh, I'm going to start with Mark here, since obviously you're the Tebow apologist on the panel. Uh, <laughs> what, what is your reaction to uh, Timmy? <laughs> I did it abbreviated that time, but I know how much it grinds your gears, which is one of the reasons why I love Tim Tebow because man, it gets under your skin so much. Doesn't it, Matt? 
God, he was so bad. It was <laughs> it's so, so good. Bad. It's so good. So and then he won bad. a playoff game, and it just made it so much good because now he's in Broncos lore forever because of one play in the overtime, the first play of the overtime, and it will just grind you forever, and I love that. I you love could that. have thrown that seven-yard slant. I know, but guess what? Marius made the play. Probably and if not, And if not for a bonehead – for those of you at home, this is what I'm talking about. This is so great. His face is getting red. You can't see it right now. There is a vein going right down the middle of his face. Moronic defensive play call by Dick. I call that vein all time greats in coaching history. I call that visible vein Tebow Alley. It pops anyway, more so. than just Tebow. If <laughs> not know, for a bad defensive call it's, it's and Demarius to, being Demarius. It changes to a different color when we talk Tebow. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. I, look, look I, I am not going to uh, fault a guy uh, for chasing um, further athletic dreams, right? That Whatever. If he can hook on with Jacksonville and it works, good for him. Um, you get a set amount of time that you can play professional sports. Go make your money. I get it. Um, what I don't get and what I don't want to hear is the very second that Trevor Lawrence struggles, I don't want to hear, well, we got Tebow on the bench. Why don't we just do some <laughs> – It won't happen. It's, it's going to happen. It's no. going to happen. No, it that, won't. Yes, it will. You know it will. No, it won't. Yes, it will. He's so in the only reason The only reason he's on the team is because his best buddy, Urban Meyer, is the coach of the squad. And so, therefore, he gets a little bit of a pass. Nobody else would do this. I think the worst – and I was talking to our producer, Dipshit, the voice of God, Michaela, about this the other day. And I was trying to explain to her why this is such a big subject. And it's because of not only just because Tim Tebow gets a chance in another position and guys like Tyler Eifert aren't on a squad. Um, it's also because – um, there's another quarterback who's got a little bit of controversy. Um, his name is Colin Kaepernick has come up this week. And I think this is the dumbest take I've ever heard where people are saying, if Colin Kaepernick can't get back in the league and Tim Tebow can, this is the biggest sham on the planet. No, we're talking about a guy who's switching positions, who's co- who's working for his favorite coach of all time, who is also his college coach who we played for for 17 years in college. I don't know how he got away with it, but he was in college for 139 seasons. And so that makes him, you know, one of the best college players ever. He's there as a mentor to a bunch of young guys. Yeah, he might say a couple of things about the way that things should work to a young quarterback in passing, but he's also just there to be a mentor to the whole team who's very young. Colin Kaepernick is out of the league because he was a bad player at the end of his career. And he had one last chance with the Baltimore Raisins. And his dumbass girlfriend sent a stupid fucking tweet of a stupid fucking meme that insulted the entire Ravens franchise at the last second. And Harbaugh said, you know what? Fuck this. We're out. And he was the last chance that that they had. So if you want to blame that Colin Kaepernick thing, that's fine. But don't compare Tebow to Colin Kaepernick. That's not fair to anybody. That's not fair to Kaepernick. That's not fair to Tebow. Agreed. The, the, the two situations, take. the two situations are completely different. Um, I would like to point out your poor choice, poor choice of words uh, in using the word "passing" in the same sentence as Tebow, uh, because we all know that Tebow and passing are not synonymous. Uh, One big pass, team, though. Oh my god! 
<laughs> there it is. My what you're seeing now. <laughs> what you're seeing now is that vein has reappeared for all like, of you at home. My all. kid could make that throw. Milty, your thoughts. You're gonna pass it off to me. Uh, oh God. Okay, so this topic can't be I, over soon enough. I, I can't <laughs> happen to have a duck in my hand. I don't even know how that worked out, but there it is, a duck in my hand. All right, I'm just I'm just taking it from a different standpoint, and it's going to be really quick and short because I know if I do this too long, to create some arguments. But he's played for th- three years, I believe, in the NFL with three different teams. Whether he played or not, he was on teams, right? Officially on probably three different teams: Broncos, Jets, Eagles. I'm not sure. Patriots. Check that out. Patriots. He had a cup of yeah. coffee with the Patriots. He did. couldn't even make it as okay. a third-string quarterback. Was it, was it decap? Yeah, probably. Um, anyway, so I'm just taking it towards – so it requires three years to get a pension in the NFL. So he's got the three years, right? So if it gets into the fourth or even the fifth year, at the end of the third year, it's a bare minimum pension. At the end of the fourth year, it's exponentially – much larger, fifth years. So I'm thinking his old coach is just going to give him a gig for a little while to to build up his retirement. That's that's my take, and I don't think there's any value in him playing tight end. I agree. He's And here's the thing. Tim Tebow fans are, as a collective, irrational and do not think of anything but the greatness of Tim Tebow. And you know it's going to come up as soon as Trevor, and he's a rookie quarterback, he's going to struggle. It's going to happen, right? It's going to mm-hmm. happen at some point, whether it's this year, whatever. I hope It'll that be it this doesn't. Year. Yeah, I hope that it doesn't happen. And I hope that the people who are the Tebow nuts don't start screaming for Tim to get a shot at playing quarterback again, because we all know. One more note. Go ahead. One more note. Jacksonville uh, tickets to go see the Jaguars play are pretty easy to get a hold of. And this is just one of those things that might put a few more butts in the seat. Just like the pool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, MJ, I don't believe you've chimed in yet. Do you have anything you'd like to add? I thought Tebow was bad at baseball. (laughs) He was very bad at baseball. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, yeah, he wasn't very good at football either, but I guess whatever works. And let's be honest. Sure. He, he was a fantastic college quarterback, had one of the greatest college quarterback careers ever. He won like um, 12 championships, didn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah. when you play 139 seasons to Mark's you get, point, you, you get, get win a whole slew of them. Yeah. I mean, take nothing away from the guy and I'm happy he's got another shot at chasing it. Fine. Um, but please let's just keep the irrationality out of it. Okay. I'm done. Vane, go back in your head. All right, moving on. Uh, the end of an era, uh, at ESPN is upon us, um, in the, in another round of, of cuts and getting rid of longtime anchors. Uh, ESPN has announced that they have parted ways with, um, sports center favorite, Kenny Maine. Uh, Kenny was, and is a, a big favorite of mine. I loved his dry wit. I love his humor, um, his uh, one-off spots that he does or ha- had done on the, on the NFL side, um, even if they were two minutes, were hilarious. I mean, his bit with 
Marshawn Lynch in Buffalo and Applebee's was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. However, that time is now over. Um, at the risk of sounding like bitter old guy, um, you know, Sports Center just isn't the same anymore um, without the, the way that it was and the way um, that Kenny brought humor um, and brought um, just a different perspective, um, even if he was a, a Seattle homer, then that's fine. Um, Mark, your reaction to the news about Kenny Bain? Well, um, if you really want my opinion about ESPN, please reach me at uh, Twitter at uh, bungaisamoron.com slash IOU slash dot net. Um, but that's besides the point. I've got a lot of opinions about ESPN, and it's not really a great company. But um, Kenny Main was a really good sports center anchor, and you know he was there for a long time. I do disagree that that was kind of the end of Sports Center as being a great show. Uh, Stu Scott, you know, about 10, 10 years ago uh, when he died, I feel like that was kind of the last little bit of the greatness because Kenny Main at that point was kind of an outside project. He wasn't doing a whole lot of Sports Center before that. You had Olbermann and Patrick and those two guys. That was Sports Center. I mean, that was Tune In TV. You didn't have another sports network. You didn't have anything else. They were there was CNN. And then there was ESPN and SportsCenter was Olbermann and Patrick. Those two guys just ran shop. And when they got rid of those two guys, I feel like ESPN kind of went slowly downhill and then it went rapidly downhill. And I, Disney, I love you. Although I don't like what you're doing to sports, stop doing it. It's not commercialized. Let's, let's, let's do some sporty stuff. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But I do appreciate everything Kenny Main's done. And uh, yeah. Uh, that's what I have to say about that. Very good. Uh, Milty, do you have any thoughts you'd like to chime in with? Well, it was, it was him, I think, that said he was a salary cap hit. So yeah. beyond that point, he can find work, right? There's no problem. Him, if he wants to go out and do something, he has no issue finding something to do out there in the type of work that he does. And if he can't find a job, maybe he can spend quality time with Laura Wagner. Beautiful. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, Michaela, I know you're not a huge sports center aficionado, but uh, do you have anything you'd like to add? Yeah, you know, I did a lot of research on this, and I looked real hard, and I realized that I had no idea who Kenny Main was. So I'm just going to kind of take myself out of this conversation. <laughs> Kenny Main uh, had some of the greatest uh, catchphrases. Uh, in the last 20 years, uh, not the least of which, or I am amused at the simplicity of this game and let there be a post-game feast for all my teammates, the finest meats and cheeses available after a home run. So good. So good. Um, on that note, so let's talk about sports center anchors um, of all time. Mark, I'm going to uh, start off with you on this one. Let me, give me your you know top four or five sports center anchors of all time. I have four. Uh, real easy. Um, I'm kind of partial. But number one, Dan Patrick, always and forever. Number two, Stu, Mr. Stuart Scott, everything that he stands for and did. Uh, number three, Mr. Keith Oberman, and that's spelled K-E-E-F, Keith Oberman. Uh, I don't know how to spell Oberman, so don't ask me about that. And then number four is Mr. Main, Mr. Kenny Main, and then uh, very distant um, salutations to Mr. So that's that's what I got. Four four in the salutations. Mr. Nickname. Uh Michaela. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Do you have uh a ranking of sports center anchors you'd like to share with us? 
I've heard of Dan Patrick. Right. That's a good start. As always, quality sports thoughts from the voice of dipshit. Uh, Milty, anything you'd like to chime in with? No, not really. I uh, just have, you know, I can't think of Sports Center. I've never watched it a whole lot like you guys have. I've, going back to the old days and not necessarily way before ESPN was even born, you know, one of my favorite announcers was Monday Night Football, Howard Cosell, because I love to hate the guy. Uh, but he was fantastic at what he did, not just in NFL, but he was a boxing announcer. He did a lot of other things. He was just fantastic. He would be my, I, I think, you know, a lot of young people listening, and a lot of the young people watching sports and stuff like that. So this was way before some people's time. But if you can go back and watch, listen to Howard Cosell, he, he was just amazing. That's uh, one of my all-time favorite quotes that I say about every day. And I've never actually, well, I've seen it on tape, but I never actually saw it live, was from Howard Cosell. It's down goes Frazier. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I say it almost every day in yeah, some form yeah. or capacity. It just fits into every conversation. Nobody knows what I'm saying, but that's fine. And a fine. big red dog in the sky to uh, Irv Brown, uh, yeah. Colorado broadcasting legend, who's red dog. Down <laughs> goes Frazier. Down Ghost Frazier. And what was that in reference to? Uh, Every time someone called Joe Williams a chicken. There you go. (laughs) Because he wouldn't (laughs) wear the chicken suit after he lost a bat. Um, My ranking, I I, I kind of am in line with Mark here, although I put Dan Patrick and Olbermann together at the top spot. I think the synergy between the two was fantastic. Patrick had more of a gravitas to him, um, and it was a little bit more serious, but still – um, had that underlying humor. Oberman was just all over the board. Uh, and, you know, his way of um, not idolizing, but paying homage to other great announcers uh, with the way that uh, he would call his, his highlights and his, they're not gonna get him. And, you know, some of the other things that he did, you know, from way downtown, bang, it, it stuff that other announcers were using as catchphrases. He actually made them his own while still paying homage to those guys. Uh, Stuart Scott, number two. I mean, booyah. I mean, what else do you have to say? I think the guy was fantastic. Um, I put Kenny May number three. Um, and then finally, uh, Bob Lee um, would probably be my number fourth. Bob Lee not ne- wasn't necessarily as entertaining as the other four guys, um, but Bob Lee is a uh, just a, the ultimate sports guy. Um, and some of the stuff that he's done, even after leaving the, the sports center desk um, on the outside the lines bit, um, is just fantastic. So cheers to the, uh, I'm lifting my glass, even though you can't see it. Cheers to old guy sports center. Um, I guess I'll continue to consume my sports on Twitter. Uh, and whatever so there one drink one anyways. for me one for me one, that's right one for me and one for my homies all right uh we've one come more to the- for berman <laughs> chris berman <laughs> <laughs> mr mr nickname uh dave if he goes any faster he just might meg it is one of my all-time favorites so that's a or one. any of his oh my god the home run derby when he's doing <laughs> back 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 it's all the way out to Honolulu. Like, we're in California, bro. Stop doing that. Hey, Berman. Right. Some of the stories about him and bars and things like that back in the day are just legendary. It's outstanding. All right. Uh, so we're 
come to the point in the show where we're going to talk about uh, Milty's After Dark uh, Fishing Report. This is where uh, we allow Milty to consume a little bit of whiskey and uh, make up a fishing report uh, about a made-up place that I just come up with off the top of my head. So, uh, Milty, there's a river uh, that runs through uh, the big island in Hawaii called uh, Iwanalea. Um, so tell us about uh, the fishing in uh, River Iwanalea. Just trying to think through the title. Um that's genius. So, uh, I love it. There, this is a uh, river that comes from the the volcano, and a lot of people fish this with the uh, a lot of uh, gold-plated single hooks with worms. I've never personally been there, but I've seen pictures of the place, fictionally, of course. It's gorgeous area. A lot of green, a lot of trees. Uh, the only the only problem is it's highly populous there's a lot of people that that are on the island there there's there's some fishing pros there that take visitors and tourists there all the time uh it's full of trout and bass so you know knock yourself out it's a great fishing spot not exactly what i had on my fishing report but that's okay very good so there is your after dark fishing report somewhere in colorado Yeah, maybe we'll add a real fishing report sometime, but it's more fun to see a struggle about, you know, Lake Wakanda and, and River Iwanalea or Creek Iwanalea or whatever Iwanalea. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Who cares? I don't know who you're talking to when you say that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, the NFL schedule. I, I will tell you what, before we even get into the NFL schedule, I love that the National Football League makes a way – to have every event mean something. Um, we already knew what the games were, but now it's a huge event that we know what days the games are on. Like, ooh, they're going to play on this day. They're going to play on this day. We already knew what the games were. We already knew who was home and away, but the NFL makes a big deal of it, and we all eat it up, and I'm here for it. So the NFL released their schedule, um, kicked it loose uh, yesterday. They were supposed to do it at like 545 Mountain, and somehow a Google Doc went out at like 10, so everybody knew what it was ahead of time anyway. Whatever. Happens uh, every year. Yeah, it does. Yeah, there's always a leak. It's the least protected secret in sports. <laughs> right. Um, we're going to go around the horn, and we're all going to talk about a game that we're intrigued in uh, across the National Football League schedule. May or may not be uh, involving the Denver Broncos. I'm going to start with MJ. Uh, Michaela, what is your game that you would like to see? Well, I, want, I do want to mention something first, and I don't know if I looked at the schedule wrong, but on the first week of preseason, is there really only one game? Yes, it's the Hall of Fame game. Okay. Pl- played in Canton, Ohio. Okay. I was curious. I was like, how come one game, huh? Just everyone's got to watch this one shitty preseason game. Yep. That's what it is, too. It happens every year. <laughs> mm-hmm. They play it in what amounts to a high school stadium in Canton, Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> For the Hall of Fame induction ceremony weekend. Correct. Interesting. Uh, yeah, uh, the game that I... I'm kind of interested in it. It depends on whether or not Aaron Rodgers is a Packer much longer. But in week nine, there's Packers are going to play the Chiefs in Arrowhead. And uh, that sounds like it's going to be a lot of fucking offense and a lot of scoring. And I'd be real interested to see, like, how many touchdowns can the Mahomes and Rodgers score just fucking wailing on each other? I like where your head's at. Uh, Milty, what game is it that uh, spiked your interest? Um, I think it was week four 
Uh, Tampa Bay is traveling to New England. I mean, do I need to say anything else? Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, um, Tom Brady going home, so to speak. Um, that, that's that's the one that, and, you know, it's just one of those things. You know what's at stake. It's, it's all attitudes between the starting quarterback and the head coach of opposing teams. That's my deal. Very good, and that's an excellent choice. Mark, what do you got for us? So, first off, uh, before we go on, did anybody else see how the Broncos announced their uh, <laughs> the schedule release with Peyton Manning? God damn, that, that guy hilarious. is fucking funny. I, I can watch him do fucking painting on the wall of or, you know, just like anything. I could watch him do anything. The guy is just fucking magical. I love him. But, uh, you know, the Broncos schedule is what it is. I think it's pretty easy. But going into the actual NFL schedule, i got a couple games that I'd like to point out. First off uh, is on October 10th, uh, Bears at Raiders. This is the first or second time, I think, um, that we are doing um, Khalil Mack back in um, the Raiders area. So I think that would generate some interest. You almost said Oakland, didn't you? No, yes. that's my job. Yes, but it's an interesting matchup because um, they uh, Al Davis, not Al Davis, but uh, what's his name? The coach, Mark, oh, uh, Mark Mr. Gruden. This was his big first move of getting rid of all the guys was getting rid of Khalil Mack. So it's always interesting seeing what is going to happen when he comes back for revenge because uh, neither team has really done much since then. And then the other one that's really interesting is Sunday Night Football, Chiefs and Ravens on September 19th. That's a good Do one. I need to say That's anymore? a good one. I mean, Lamar Jackson and Mr. Mahomer, like, come on. That's that's anybody's – That's you don't, you don't have to watch football, and that's a game that you got to watch. Yeah. Those two guys are just fun to watch play football. And I never will say this guy versus this guy. I will say this guy and this guy as far as quarterbacks because they never actually play against each other. It's kind of weird. <laughs> So that's kind of a, a media thing that we've invented where people say this guy versus this guy. Well, it's not Hogan versus fucking Andre the Giant. We're not doing Rock versus fucking Steve Austin. They're not actually throwing the ball at each other's nuts or anything like that. They're on opposite sides of the field. But it is a very interesting matchup, and it's the two best teams in the AFC uh, preseason. I mean, I think so anyways. That's what I say. That's what I have to say. And that's all that he has to say. Uh, I took a little bit of a different tack on it. I really am intrigued by week six, uh, Bills and Titans. Um, two really good teams. Uh, a One really good young quarterback and another quarterback that's come into his own the last couple of years uh, with a good team behind him. Uh, you know, it's Josh Allen um, and uh, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, and then all the rest of the storylines that go along with it. Um, these are two up-and-coming teams that have done some damage in the playoffs um, the last year uh, and even the last couple of years. If you look at the Titans, I think this is going to be a really fun game to watch. Um, the other one that kind of intrigues me a little bit, and I'm going to throw in an honorable mention, uh, Week 10 Rams and Niners. Um, is Jimmy G going to make it to Week 10? He's got an injury history. Uh, there's also going to be some clamoring to see what the kid can do. We might actually have a Trey Lance sighting, uh, and that'll be a Monday night football game. So, a little bit intrigued there for me. So there you go. All right, moving on. Uh, let's talk about our uh, one of our other hometown teams as we go through the run of all of our hometown teams. Let's talk about the Colorado Rockies. 
I don't know what's happening right now. What are you doing? Tornado. Oh, it's the, the, the wind. wind. It's the wind going through the, the Rockies. Wind, the wind through because the Rockies. There's, uh, there's, there's not, not much winds, but there's a lot right. of wind. So we're going to spend some wind on right. the Rockies because they can't get any right. winds. Oh, oh, thunderstorm. Okay. Anyways, back so this is a part of this part of the show. The segment we're going to call the road to 100 uh, to see if the Rockies can actually get to 100 losses this year. Uh, currently, um, even, as we are recording this, they are winning, so this could change. Uh, but currently, they are at a 351 winning percentage. If you extrapolate that over the course of the season, they are on pace to lose 103 baseball games. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and if they they are almost one quarter of the way to our goal of 100 losses and by the time that this comes out they will be at that number or past it (laughs) projecting into the future correct that's me your bunga talking about the future there'll be a 25 or 26 losses by the time you hear this could be could very well be yes they do um sorry charlie blackman (laughs) i love me some charlie blackman uh I'm so sorry. <laughs> Michaela, do you have anything you'd like to chime in with? Oh, man, they're just so hard to watch. They just suck so bad. Did you see that? Oh. It's so bad baseball. It's so like, it's incredibly horrible baseball. Like they, There was a play yesterday with the third baseman. Sorry, Michaela, to steal your thunder. But there was a play yesterday where the third baseman just was like, Meh, and then like two innings later, the same play, but the first baseman did it, and they were just like A-level ball stuff. And I'm just like, man, this is – not the defensive Rockies that we have seen in the last 10 years. Sorry to steal your thunder. Go ahead, McCain. Did you guys see that uh, presser that story did after or before the first Cardinals game? And he was like, fucking Nolan Arenado was my homie. He was my brother. I miss him so much. We were the best. We were the best. (laughs) We were so good. We were the best left infield in the world. This sucks. He was looking (laughs) off into the distance like, Someone get me out of here. Please, God, trade me to St. Louis for fuck's sake. <laughs> I miss Nolan. And you know what? He's not wrong. They were the best left left side of the infield um, probably oh, in, yeah. the, in the game. I mean, it, the stuff that Nolan can do on the field, Trevor's no slash himself. They're both really good. And it's, it's a shame that we will probably won't even see Trevor halfway through the season. Uh, Milty, um, road to 100. What do you think? You know, Matt, you kind of took the mathematical, the 351 average at this point to get to 103 losses. I took a little different method, but came up with almost exactly the same uh, final. So I'm looking at 24 losses at this point. 23% of the season's over with 77% of the season to go. At that point, they're going to lose more than 80 games from this point on, giving them a total of 104. So you and I are a game apart. Like, I was told there would be no math, except I did math. And you can't argue the numbers. So let's so uh, any way you look I'm at glad it, I'm not up. doing the math. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> numbers are what numbers are. Uh, let's toast the road to 100 and get the bad taste of the Rockies out of our mouth. All right. <laughs> We really need to add some production value to this podcast because <laughs> it's mostly just me. <laughs> Mark sound effects like he's the guy from I make noises. Like he's the guy from Police Academy is just 
<laughs> oh, that's the duck being massacred on yeah. my floor right now. Right. <laughs> All right. The Denver Nuggets currently playing right now are have locked up. Uh, nothing worse than the fourth seed. Um, and I don't think they can actually move up anymore um, based on what happened yesterday. But currently the Nuggets are uh, leading Minnesota uh, by seven points with nine minutes left in the fourth. Um, I don't think that Nikola uh, played much, if at all. Uh, he did play. He started the game and had 14 of the first 16 points that Denver scored. He was just going flat nuts. Um, but it looks like that they will play Portland uh, in the first round of the playoffs, get a little bit of a rest. Um, Milty, I'm going to start with you. Um, looking ahead, um, since really the rest of the, the regular season, as long as they stay healthy the next two games. Um, what do you feel about a matchup between Denver and Portland? Um, well, I think Denver's 2-0 and versus Portland during the regular season. Although their last game, they only won by one. I think that was on the road in Portland. Um, and at that point, if I remember right, they still had Jamal Murray. I may be wrong about that, but they no longer do. I, You know what? I, I think every player on the starters and on the bench has stepped up so much um, that I, you know, I don't know what the length, the amount of games that they would play in the first series against Portland. Is it a five game series or a three game series? Denver's going to shut them out. They, they have this goal in their mind that with their MVP, the Joker, he, he's just going to lead them and all those players behind him are just going to follow. There's no doubt in my mind they're not going to lose a game against Portland in the playoffs. There you go. Uh, Michaela. I'm a homer, too. Well, we're all in Denver, and we're all basically from Denver. So there you go. Uh, Michaela, Denver versus Portland first round. Uh, your prognostication. I hope we win real good because I would like to see two championships get brought into Denver at the same time. That would be fucking awesome so i i don't know much about the trailblazers but i bet we can beat them so here's hoping very good mark your thoughts so i feel like every 10 15 20 years or so in the nba uh there's a year where a lot of the teams seem kind of distraught and there's not very many good teams um the good teams have a lot of players that have been hurt a lot um or you know there's just a lot of shenanigans going on where the teams just don't seem to uh, be that good. Um, obviously we have Brooklyn, but there's a myriad of injuries there. You've got the Lakers and there's a myriad of injuries there. Not very many other teams to me stand out in the NBA this year. So I have a feeling this is going to be one of those years where it's a team could sneak through, you know, all of the Detroit Pistons um, and could actually make a run in the playoffs and surprise some people that um, and win a championship. You you, you never know. Um, I this is one of those weird years where uh, there's a lot of players that are hurt on a lot of teams. And yeah, I know Murray's out. Um, and but they've had guys step up into those positions. And Austin Rivers is not a bad player. Uh, he's been on some really good teams and is you know he's got some really good upbringing. He's got a championship father, so I think that has something to say for it. So he's got some pedigree, and they've got a really strong team. Uh, if they are on with their shots, there's nobody that they can't beat as far as I'm concerned. So this could be 
one of those weird years where the NBA, you don't get a Lakers or, you know, the big snashy, the Brooklyn Nets or something like that. I, I, I just feel it. I just feel like this is, this could be the Nuggets year. I, I'm, that may be the homer again in me, but it's, it's one of those years where there's a lot of other shenanigans going on and it's something weirder has happened in the past. So. so what we're seeing now is very possibly the greatest Nuggets team of all time. Um, and we are also probably watching the greatest nugget of all time. And to Mark's point, there is a path. There is definitely a way for the Nuggets to get to the promised land this year and, and bring another possibly one of two championships home uh, to the, the Denver um this summer um you look at the lakers and how anthony davis can't seem to stay healthy you know lebron james um you know he's got a lot of miles on those legs he's dealing with a high ankle sprain those don't just go away it seems like davis's heel is never going to be right um and i don't know anthony davis doesn't seem to be like the, the toughest cat in the world so you know any little nick or whatever ding that he gets i mean he falls down a lot and for a guy who's seven foot two or whatever he is, um, he can't see through those eyebrows. Can't see through the eyebrows. <laughs> um, you know, is Brooklyn really? Brooklyn's really the other challenger. Uh, they can't seem to stay healthy. Um, who knows if Harden's hamstring is going to come all the way back? Uh, KD's got a history of injury. Uh, Kyrie is just crazy. Uh, who knows if that implodes in a big, you know, in a in a tough series? Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, but there's definitely a path there, and we're just enjoying the ride for sure. All right, next up, let's talk about the other good team playing right now in the Colorado Avalanche. Um, as we are recording right now, the Abs are playing to secure the President's Cup. They are playing the Kings win, and they have home ice throughout the playoffs. They are currently losing to the Kings one to nothing um, in the first intermission, but they're out shooting LA thirteen to four. Everyone's least favorite backup goaltender playing on the second half of a back-to-back for Colorado. Uh, Jojo uh, obviously is at a 7.50 save percentage, not having a great day. I didn't see the shot. I don't know if it was tipped or whatever, so who knows. Um, if they take the second seed, uh, they probably will play the Minnesota Wild, who are playing some really good hockey. Um, if they take the first, uh, they'll play the Blues. Uh, Michaela, being our resident hockey nerd, uh, kindly break down one or both of those matchups for us or, and what you see happening uh, through the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, uh, let's hope that we have to play the Blues because the Blues are not doing great. Uh, they definitely got the four spot by Arizona Arizona wanting it less. Like They did not try. The gap between the Blues and the Wild, I think, is like 15 or 20 points. It's a huge drop-off to Minnesota. Um, so here's hoping we win this game. Um, uh, God, please, I don't want to have to deal with Minnesota in the first round. Uh, Minnesota is, for the first time in, like, a decade, fucking good. Um, they have a kid, Kirill Kaprizov. He's a rookie. He's going to win the Calder. He is by far the best rookie there is. Um, and as much as I don't want to play Minnesota, I really don't want – or I would really like if the Golden Knights would play Minnesota because Minnesota's got their fucking number. And I don't want to deal with the Golden Knights in the second round. So hopefully we get the Blues and then have to play Minnesota in the second round. And then in the third round, it'll be whoever's game. Um, That's when all three or all four divisions are going to come back together. Um, If you haven't been watching the NHL this year, um, it's all been interdivisional play. So 
the Avalanche have only been playing people in the West Division. Um, in the North Division, the Leafs are in the front, and I, as a closet Leaf fan, would like them to go far. They're playing the Habs, and it would be pretty fucking leafy for them to lose in the first round to the Habs. So, here's hoping not. And then the Oilers and the Jets have a series, and I want the Oilers to win because they, the, oh God, Connor McDavid fucking deserves it. Uh, in the East, there's um, Boston, Washington, which will be interesting. Zidane Chara revenge match, and uh, whether or not Tom Wilson survives playing against Brad Marchand for that long. Um, and then Islanders, Pittsburgh, which I don't know, that'll be a weird one. But the only other important matchup is the all-Florida matchup, which will be Tampa Bay and Florida. Tampa Bay won the Cup last year, but they're not doing super great this year. They're in the third spot in the in their division, with Florida being in the second spot. So I want to see if Florida tears itself apart because these two are going. They've had several games the last few games of the regular season, and they've been dirty fucking games. There's been a lot of fights and a lot of scoring. It'll be real interesting to see what happens in that series. Very good. Thank you for your insight. Milty, I'm going to throw it over to you next. Uh, Ab's potential matchups uh, and the your prognostication of what could happen in the uh, Santa Cup playoffs. Well, I don't think I could even compete with what just went on. I mean, <laughs> she, just, she just said everything that is everything. Um and all I could say is at this point going into tonight, the Avs had two games left. The Knights have one game left. They're both playing tonight. If the Knights lose, Colorado only needs one win in the next two games to be the number one seed. That's what I know. I'm not a hockey guy, but at this point, the, the uh, Avs have two games. The Knights have one game. If they both lose tonight, then all the, the Avalanche just need to win one more game. The, they have the tiebreaker, by the way, against Las Vegas. Correct, which is why if they win tonight, they clinch, regardless of what the, the Knights do, because they, the worst they can do is tie um, regardless. But I'd love to see them just finish it off tonight and just put the Kings to bed and finish it off. Milty, or uh, Milty, Mark. I just did it. I know you did. I was looking at your face. Mark, your thoughts on the uh, avalanche. There's been a lot of information thrown out there already with the previous two uh, people on the panel, the panel peeps, people on the panel, the panel for the people, by the people, for the people, on the panel. Good. Um, So there's not really a whole lot to say left. Um, in the Avalanche's history, they are undefeated against the St. Louis Blues, and they have a losing record against the Wild in the playoffs. Uh, they are 1-0 and in playoff series against St. Louis, and they are 1-2 and against Minnesota in their 20-year history. So um, that's my contribution. That's all I've got. Sorry it isn't much, but that's what I got. Very good. Um, I'm really not going to add much else. So well done to the panel of goons. Thank you very much for your thoughts. Our our, our, uh, second to last segment of the show, we're going to talk about Mark's Mark's dessert review of the week. 
last week it was the delicious fried ice cream at the South. Um, what do you have to follow up that with, sir? Yes, yes, yes. Scrum diddlyumptious. So we'll go ahead and talk about desserts again. Um, our lovely favorite sweet treats. Uh, I want to <clears throat> this week focus on a place, not an actual dessert. Uh, if you are headed towards downtown Littleton and get on Main Street, you will find a place called the Chocolate Therapist. Uh, it is a world-renowned uh, chocolatier. They make their own chocolates. Um, they have their own coffee that they grind. I don't think they roast their own beans like some of the places, but they definitely have their own coffee. Uh, they have wine. If you're into that kind of thing, you can get boxes of chocolates that pair with whiskey, with beer, with wine, with whatever the fuck you want. They've got it there for you. And the product that we're talking about today is going to be the sea salt dark chocolate toffee. Now, if you haven't had a sea salt dark chocolate toffee, I recommend that you go down to the chocolate therapist in Littleton and get some of that motherfucking shit in your goddamn trap as soon as you fucking can. It is amazing. Uh, check them out online. The lady who runs the place has a really active social media account where she talks about the benefits of chocolate and wine and health, which is really cool. Um, I sometimes think that that is a negative effect because, you know, then I eat too much chocolate because I'd like to eat it all and shove it all in my face. And uh, it's worth it. So head down to downtown Littleton, go to the chocolate therapist, get you some shit that they have there. It's all delicious. Uh, enjoy. Very good. And our final segment, uh, we're going to kick it over to Voice of God. MJ, tell us our dipshit of the week. Well, this is probably going to come as a surprise, but the dipshit of the week is uh, is me. It's this guy right here. No! <laughs> um, Mass Effect is a game that came out in fucking 2008, and then the second one came out in 2012, and then the third one came out in 16. 2016 2008 whatever it doesn't matter they're old i own all three of them did i buy them again yeah because they're re-releasing them tomorrow so i bought them again so i'm gonna spend the whole fucking weekend playing fucking mass effect again for like the 12th time and is it a waste of my life yeah probably should i be practicing hockey yeah probably wait am i gonna do that no i'm gonna be playing mass effect so yeah that's me i got got i got got super hard playing mass effect again oh so they're re-releasing it now how much did the three pack of mass effects re-release cost you michaela uh, i think 70 dollars 70 or 80 dollars <laughs> yeah you got got okay no, I, no. I don't really want to focus too much on the cost but one thing i do want to say about video games at this point is the new resident evil game is apparently responsible for people not going to work now I don't know if you guys saw that, but that was a pretty interesting <laughs> thing that happened. There's a yeah, because giant, the giant vampire woman. <laughs> lady fucking step on them. I watched I watched some of the walkthrough this morning and man, that lady is a giant. She is a vampire. And what a fucking bitch she <laughs> did you, is. Did you see that thing? It's like her she's like this big, tall, like well put together fucking Victorian lady, and her daughters are two little slipknot groupies. Yeah, <laughs> definitely made made of uh, cockroaches and black butterflies, and they kind of float through space. And yeah, she's a Victorian lady who is well endowed for sure. 
But uh, yeah, what interesting way of getting out of working at your local fast food And she's nine feet tall. So if you want to climb that tree, go around in the head, they'll just bleed you dry because she is also a vampire. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I believe that that will tie it up. I am going to throw it one more time uh, to our panel of goons and uh, ask for any final thoughts. And we're going to start uh, with Milty. Milty, what do you got for us, sir? Uh, you know, I really don't have much as far as a final thought goes. I'm still thinking about Baffert. Did he cheat? How many people as betters did he screw? I'm just leaving it at that. Baffert wins millions. His jockey wins. His horse wins. But the public gets screwed. I'm done. Mark, your final thoughts. Okay, from Auckland to Austin, from Bulgaria to Bogota, all the way up to Reykjavik. We love you, people. We love you. Until next time when we grill the goons again, check us out on Twitter, at the Idiot Goons. We love you. We might as well just stop there because I couldn't have done that any better. But we still have to hear from one more. MJ, take us home. Uh, fucking what he said. He did that perfect. Good God. I'd do it again if you want me to. <laughs> I'll fucking do it again. I'll fucking do it again. Uh, my final thoughts. Uh, shame about Kenny Maine. Um, let's see how the Tebow thing plays out. And let's enjoy the ride with the abs and the nuggets. Apparently the uh, abs just tied the game. Um, I don't know if it... Josty score! Josty, Josty score! Yeah. Tyson First Josty. line Josty score! Yep. So the abs have tied the game. Uh, hopefully they can. that's the spark that they need uh, to take it home and, and let's get home ice throughout the playoffs because I do not want to see uh, – I have a feeling it's going to happen. I don't want to see Vegas in a game seven in Vegas. I'd rather see Vegas in a game seven here. So, And one final thought. My worst fucking nightmare is Stanley Cup playoffs, abs and caps because our uncle is the biggest Capitals fan – and apparently he has only been paying attention to hockey for the last seven years. And I can't have a conversation with him about hockey. Okay. His frame of so reference is right that, here. On that note, let's talk about his other allegiance in the NFL. What is his team in the NFL? Carolina Panthers. Oh, my God. Oh, what did it used to be? San Diego Chargers. San Diego Chargers. San Diego. And he maintains one jersey. Uh-huh. Which one is it, Junior? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's definitely one of the goons, but we definitely do not want to hear from him because, like Matt <laughs> <Right>. said, oh. <laughs> quick, quick side. Tim, get out of my brain. Quick sidebar story. We were talking about hockey and watching the Capitals when I was visiting with him in Albuquerque. We were spending time with my grandparents. And uh, uh, we were talking about the best players that we'd ever seen. And I said, you know, we were talking about McKinnon. And I, I said, McKinnon is, you know, one of the, if not the best two way player I've ever seen. And I watched Forsberg play. And he says, well, we traded Forsberg. I'm like, wait, which Forsberg are you talking about? Because you're not a Flyers fan. <laughs> and he went, what? I'm talking about Philip. I'm like, no, dude, Peter the Great. It's Peter the Great. I, I can't even anymore. So, Tim, I love you. <laughs> let's, let's do beers and not talk hockey sometime soon. Uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, for the panel of goons, uh, Mark, MJ, and Milty. My name is Matt. Thank you so much for joining us. I don't even know why you're still here because we're idiots, but thank you so much for doing it anyway. We really appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time. Oh,
and we have appeared. Thank you. We, we love, love you. you guys. Thank you so much for joining Out. us. We'll catch you next time on My Brother's an Idiot. Have a good one. Bye.